the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right, let's get back to it. Second hour, Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget, next hour uh, at 9 o'clock, we'll hear from uh, Benny Johnson, big Benny Johnson. He's going to join us. We're going to talk about uh, Little Rock uh, violence and uh, uh, his uh, organization, what they're trying to do about it. Talk to him about what he thinks uh, the the mayor is doing, the police are doing, and, and get his take on it. Uh, 10 o'clock, we're, go- we're going to hear from our good friend Nick Horton. He'll let us know what was going down about uh, SB 306. We were just talking about that, yeah. Uh, dealing with uh, the uh, 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 was food, food stamp bill. Yeah. And uh, there were some changes made to it. He'll tell us all about it right after the 10 o'clock news. we got about 10 minutes with him because he's got meetings he's got to get to. And so he'll uh, he'll discuss that with us here on the uh, Dave Ellswick Show. But yesterday was the big showdown uh, in uh, uh, state agencies and House side dealing with uh, Mary Bentley's uh, FOIA piece of uh, of legislation, sixteen ten, and then uh, the FOIA bill that was brought up by uh, our none other than uh, State uh, Representative David Ray which, to be honest with you, made uh, Mary's look like Rebecca at Sunnybrook Farm. Yes, it did. Uh, and, 1726. Uh, let you know that got defeated. So far. Okay. In, uh, well, yeah, it can be brought back yeah. up. I I don't think it will be brought back up just because the vote was decidedly against it. It, it was. It, it was. And, you know, we're going to talk a lot about it. And I know you've got the news articles that were written on it, but I here's one thing to start this discussion with is we had so many citizens there to testify against it. The only people who testified for it were government officials. Government people, that's right. And I think that resonated with the committee. Go ahead, right off the bat, and tell you tons of citizens there, and the committee really listened to each citizen. I mean, intently listened. Uh, Joey McCutcheon worked tirelessly. I know the guy's going on no sleep on fighting this. But when but when it came to the cleanup position in the batting order, Robert Steinbuck hit a grand slam. Uh, he knocked it out of the park yesterday and pretty much, I think at that point, pretty much uh, nailed the coffin door shut on it. Yeah, he made the statement that this was not a bill in the best interest of the state. And uh, the FOIA task force has never issued an opinion like that before, And but that's how bad this bill is. 
Yeah, I was in that meeting, and uh, they usually you'll have a couple of maybe pushbacks or something in the task force meeting or some, hey, let's talk about this or that. No, on this one, they were just all in sync, yeah. all in sync, unanimous. unanimous. Let me read this. It says, just before the vote was taken, Representative Richard Womack, Republican of Arkadelphia, said he would vote against the bill, noting that Richard Peltz Steele of Massachusetts, who co-authored the FOIA handbook with Robert Steinbach, was also in attendance and opposed the bill, both of them. He says, quote, we have the men who wrote the book in this room, and they're against the bill, Womack said. Literally, everyone who testified in favor of the bill has something to gain from its passage. He sure did, and that was, I thought, that was such a a a spot-on statement from a guy who listened intently to everyone who spoke, and what happened was when after everybody spoke and David Ray came back up to give his final spiel to the committee, he basically said that everything everybody had said, including Robert Steinbuck, was not true. He specifically talked about Robert's testimony and said it wasn't true. That's when Womack said basically said, Hey, I'm gonna trust the guy who wrote the book. <laughs> and uh so I can't say I will say it again. I can't say enough about the committee members. Not all of them voted against it, but I can say that they listened. They they listened intently, and I think that's a good thing. Yeah, keep in mind that uh, you know when you run again for office, it's things like this will come up. By the way, uh, the vote against uh, Ray's vote uh, bill mm-hmm. was nine against and four in favor. I think it's dead. Let me. You know what's interesting about that vote? I hope it's dead. I hope it's dead. And uh, what's interesting about changing that vote, nine, changing nine, you know what you'd have to change is uh, about four votes. Yeah, uh, that's very difficult. It, it changing two difficult. votes is different. Difficult. It would. There, there's a couple of troubling things about this. Is the first thing that was troubling is that when David Ray sat down. The first thing he said, and the governor's office came out on it, that the governor fully endorsed the bill uh, and that Attorney General Tim Griffin endorsed the bill. The second thing that was troubling to me, and I'm not trying to pick on her, but Representative Mary Bentley, from the time she brought up <clears throat> her bill, she made clear in every interview and every every talk on it that she didn't want to do anything with the records portion of the bill. <clears throat> that all she wanted to do was was the meetings part. That she thought the records part of the bill was fine and, and it didn't need to be touched. But she voted for David Ray's bill. Now that was interesting. Well, I wonder if she vote for his bill because he's going to vote for her bill. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, deals get made. Let me let me take a look here. The most compelling testimony, I thought, and this is from the article in the newspaper, was Ella Kreth. I yep. think that's how her last yep. name is pronounced. Publisher of the Madison County Record said an attempt by the Huntsville School Board. Now, Joy uh, uh, Hutchinson, uh, not Hutchinson, McCutcheon, McCutcheon has uh, talked about this particular uh, issue. Back in 2021, 
to cover up a sexual abuse scandal that occurred in the athletic department would never have come to light under David Ray's bill. Quote, the Madison County Record published the story exposing the school board's attempted cover-up of player-on-player sexual abuse that had taken place in the Huntsville boys' locker room for two years. Upon learning of the assaults, the first thing the district administration, school board members, and personnel did was seek to cover up not only the assaults but their failure to report the assaults to the Arkansas Child Abuse Hotline, which they must do. Kretz said the matter came to light when parents in the district approached the newspaper asking that the matter be looked into, but she said the newspaper was stonewalled by district officials forcing the newspaper to piece together the story through the use of documents obtained through the use of the state's FOIA statutes. After finding documentation proving school officials knew of the abuse but failed to report it, Kurth said, the result uh, and the story led to charges being brought against the coach and the superintendent. Quote, this bill would have protected their behavior, kept secrets from the parents, the district's attempts at the cover-up of their malfeasance, and their failure to report the abuse. This bill would gut FOIA and would have not only allowed but would have enabled the district's failure to report. And with that in mind, keep it in mind, I would say, and, and let me ask you what you think about this, Jimmy. Maybe there is an amendment that should be be uh, added uh, out there to the FOIA. Let me, let me give it to you. Faulkner County Sheriff Jim Riles Speaking for the bill, said most FOIA requests that come to his office can be fulfilled quickly, but then they get the big ones that are uh, that that come in. Uh, he said another problem comes from requests that are fulfilled, but never picked up by the requesting par- party. How about in the uh, a piece of legislation says you FOIA, you don't pick it up, you get fined. Well, I think, and I brought it up. Okay. I brought up with a with a conversation with Representative Crawford when she asked me a question that <clears throat> that you know I think we can what we need to do is slow down and let's have an interim study. I'm with you. Yeah. Okay, I go along with what you're saying there. And because FOIA abuse is there now, it's not as prevalent as people think it, but it's there. Yeah, there's some people that are abusing. Russ Rake up in Little Rock. I mean, uh, he's a blogger, and he lives to for you to make people's lives miserable. Government people's. I'll give you an example. At, at North Little Rock, and here's here's where we do need to look at something. Uh, he sent a deal to North Rock School District. They sent something back. He got mad, so then he FOI'd all personnel records for all employees district-wide. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Okay, and... Now they got they started having given to him on a schedule, right? But the only reason he did it because he got pissed off. That's it. That's it. And See, I'm going. That's got to be stopped. I, I agree. And in Representative Crawford, she made the point. I think she's exactly right. She said, "Look, we can do this. We just." You, she said, "You can't tell me we can't figure how to out can't figure out how to not do this." That we can do it in a way where it doesn't doesn't uh, take away citizens' rights like mine, but in a way, and I think she's right. She said, "You know, we're too smart, and we are." And so I think what we got to do is slow down 
and between now and the next session, let's get Joey McCutcheon. Let's get Robert Steinbuck, the task force. Let's get some citizens. What I would like to see formed is is maybe a group or a committee made up of, of people from every section, right? And let's get in the room. Let's start meeting. And I'm not saying we can, but we're not going to find out unless we try. So let's get in. Let's start meeting as soon as the session's over. Let's start. we got two years. Let's start meeting. Let's start talking about it. Let's start coming up with some things that will well, hey, maybe we can protect from this abuse, and maybe at the same time we can figure out how to streamline information so that these agencies, it's a lot easier for them to provide it. I agree. Yeah. I agree. I, I just think if you FOIA, if you're taking the time out to FOIA, and then you don't pick up the material you FOIA'd? Yeah, I think you got I, I think there should be some kind of punishment for that. I, I think if you're going to ask an agency to provide information. You're using their time. You're using, using my time. Yeah, taxpayers' <laughs> yeah. time. If you do taxpayers that. Taxpayers' yeah, money. That's right. Well, then maybe you should be tagged with paying, paying yeah, up if on you're, it. If you're going to ask an agency to provide you money, okay, and, those, and, and they spend those resources doing it, well, those are my resources. Those are my tax dollars to provide you information that you requested. Okay, yeah, I agree with you. At that point, if you just do it and then blow it off, if you're just in, then yeah, we need to talk about that. Yeah, I agree. We need to talk about that. I agree, that. and I agree with you about an interim study on it. I think the right people got to be part of the study, though. Well, it can't be just a government. It needs oh, to be no, citizens. No, no, no. And it should be the, uh, the FOIA task force. Sure. It should be. Uh, I, I would suggest that David Ray come in I, and sit down with you. I'll, I'll be more than happy to sit down. With, and nobody's been harder on him than me, right? Yeah. I'd, right now, I would welcome to sit down with David Ray and let's take issue by issue and let's talk about it. And let's see what we can come up with. But I think I think one of the people that has to be a part of that that could be a driving to be a leader of it actually is joey mccutcheon he, he's tireless on this and there are so many smart people but you have to include the citizens you need people from the press of course you need people from government i think we need tim riles is my sheriff i do think we need to hear from them there was a story about the the uh, volunteer fire department in fairfield bay their chief got up and stuff and they were being harassed by one individual to the point that these volunteer firefighters were saying, you know what, you know, I don't have to do this, goodbye. And mm-hmm. so I think we need to sit down at the table with those people the same way. Let me tell you somebody else you should talk to. Sure. Representative Matt Brown. He's thought, talked about an interim study committee. Yeah, and, and, well. and I, here again, that's another guy I've been hard on, right? I'm telling everybody, let's sit down. I'll sit down with you. Let's come up with something reasonable. But this was trying to take a chainsaw to the act and kill the act. Well, let me again make my argument here because I think it's a valid one. Now, I'm going to say that FOIA is not a constitutional right, okay? That's a fact. The Second Amendment is a constitutional right. But the argument used on the second against the Second Amendment is the same argument that is being used from the people who want to change FOIA a lot. And that is, there's a few people, and they are misusing FOIA. And because they're misusing FOIA, we need to change it for everybody else. That's exactly what we hear from the anti-gunners. We have a few people that are misusing firearms. 
And because of that, everybody else that's doing it exactly the way they're supposed to do it needs to have their hand slapped or their right taken away. No, that's not the way we do. you should do things. And I think they need to get away from that argument because as long as they use that argument, I'll be firmly against it. I brought that up when when Representative Crawford asked me a question about how you know I, and she let me tell you something she's all for for you okay so when I'm saying she has this question it's not that she's anti for you at all I think she's she's trying to be reasonable and and let's come up with a way and she pretty much posed that question but what do you do you know what about those folks and I and I agreed with her and I said that's where we need the interim study and it makes me furious when people uh abuse for you but I've used exactly your argument I said I talked about the recent shooting in Nashville I said so now the call again is to take away the guns yeah now we we need to give up all of our uh, our rights as far as having an, yeah. uh, an AK or an AR or whatever here's the key no Punish the people who are misusing that right. Yeah, and and we had, and I said because and they were by the way they were killed in in the in in the Madison County reports. I mean they're a fabulous newspaper and and they did so much work on that and I applaud them so much for what they did up there in that case. But but other people we we had people that brought up four year case after four year case after four year case that we wouldn't have known about sexual abuse deaths in jails autistic kids being uh being abused in schools uh i brought up superintendent salaries right we wouldn't have known that if david ray's law was passed back then and so anyhow we got to we got to do what you're saying dave all right let's break we'll come back we'll talk more it's uh, 24 minutes after eight jim excuse me jimmy cavin is here he'll be with me now to the rest of the show and we're going to be joined by, uh, of course, Benny Johnson, and we're going to be at, uh, joined later on by Nick Horton. And by the way, you need to know who your representative is. Yeah, but they're when not you call, look it up. For that's you. right. <laughs> that's right. So they will take your representative a slip. A pink, it's called a pink slip that says, "Hey, here you go," and it's letting people give them such their, and such person called, and yeah. they said, "Vote no yeah. on." HB 1610. And it's from the constituents, right? So Courtney Rowland, who I want to talk about in a minute, has just been a rock star over the state capitol. Uh, uh, she just texted and said the switchboard is now open for those calls. All right, there you go. And uh, so if, if Dave's good, I'm going to read that number one more time. It is 501-682-6264. And you know, it, and that's for you to say, vote no on uh, sixteen ten. Now, if you think it should pass, sure. tell them to vote yes. Absolutely, absolutely. But I want you to call your state rep today and tell you know everybody tell their state reps how you want them to vote. That way, maybe I'll get a feel. Maybe a lot of you have been listening to the discussion and are falling on the side of the government. I don't know. I you know, interesting you say that. Uh, the the end of last week, and I talked to Mary about this in the interview I did with her. Uh, I did a two-day poll in uh, Faulkner County, uh, Lono County, Prairie County, Pulaski County, okay, on her bill. And just a quick two-day poll. Yeah, okay. yeah your name. Okay. Uh, 284 against, one for. Yeah, even if you think that that a lot of people maybe didn't get involved in that, that there was just one vote for, should speak volumes. Sure. 
I sure. Would. Look, the only people that spoke for these bills last night was the government. That's it. All right. I want more freedom for you and I. That's what it comes down to. So uh, I've seen pictures of the meeting last night, and it was packed. It was, and people stayed late. Let me tell you, I got I went to that committee room uh, a little before noon. And you had to hang around until what time did they start God, talking? It, oh, my gosh, it was uh, well after. It was like 6 or something like that. That's, Which, see, that's, I got a problem with that as yeah. well. Well, I'll tell you another problem I got. Now, let me tell you something. I got there a little before noon. I was the first one in there, but it wasn't 10 minutes. People started filtering in, and people waited there and sat there. That had so many people in there, and we're all waiting for the session to end so they can come in there. But the other thing I want to talk about is these bills were so important. Now, on 1726, there was no time limit on testimony. Okay. Oh, excuse me, there was. Okay, seventeen twenty six. So that's the point I want to make. When when we got there, uh, Ray took forever to make his field. That's fine. He had the attorney general's attorney there with him, who we'll talk about later. But who Robert actually taught in school, and the attorney general's was uh, attorney was making their statements. So when it got to us, I was the first one to speak, and I did my deal. And then uh, what some, time was it? Oh gosh, I can't remember. It was late. It was it was probably six thirty something okay. like that. And uh, so then somebody said, hey, let's make a motion to limit testimony to five minutes. And everybody's kind of looking, okay, so here we go. And Which is fine. Okay, I can deal with five minutes because you, you can make your argument in five minutes, right? So when we get to Mary Bentley's bill, and then they, somebody makes a motion and says, okay, let's limit testimony to 15 minutes for 15 minutes against, which meant, that everybody there that had now signed up. Now that's total time. Yeah. They're talking. Everybody there that came and stayed all day. Yeah. All 15 day. minutes. So so we got like 10 people. And they said, for the whole 10, you got 15 minutes. Well, I'm looking around. That's not right. No. So when Mary gets up there, now here's the other thing. We've got all these people that stayed like there was more than that that were going to testify against or build that, but they finally had to go home. They got kids. They got right. All right. So you know how many people testified for her bill? One. Justice P. Sam Strain, Fulton County, who I like. One, but he gets he sat there for almost fifteen minutes talking, and the people that were against it. We yeah. got that. You got ten people want to talk against, and you got one person talking for. Well, they're going to get all the fifteen minutes. Yeah. As a matter of fact, we had people that didn't get to testify. Joey McCutcheon got thirty-seven seconds. Okay. Robert Steinbuck didn't get any time. Wow. So I'm going. Come on, guys. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, <laughs> all right, let's get a break in. It's uh, about eleven minutes till nine o'clock. Don't forget coming up in the nine o'clock hour. Benny Johnson's going to join us. Uh, uh, Little Rock Violence Coalition going to talk to us. We're going to talk about the violence in the city and see what Benny has to say to us. If you're tired of living with chronic pain, chronic knee pain, chronic joint pain, shoulders, hands, whatever, I want you to listen carefully to me just, just one moment here because there's new regenerative treatments now available in Little Rock from QC Kinetics, the nation's leader in regenerative medicine. They're now open They're giving lasting relief to people with joint pain, and here's the key. 
no surgery, no drugs, and no downtime. You know, no downtime. I've had more surgeries in the last 10 years than I had all my life, just so you know. And I'm tired of being cut on, to be honest with you. And if they've got regenerative uh, treatments that's going to make my shoulders feel better and my knees feel better, I'm all about it if they don't have to cut, as well as they don't have to stick needles into the joints and, you know, give me a steroid shot or something like that. Regenerative medicine, here's how it works. It takes highly concentrated healing agents right from your own body, and then those powerful treatments will help restore and repair damaged tissue in your joints so you can move again without pain. Uh, QC Kinetics is over 100 clinics nationwide. They now have one here in Little Rock in our local area. If you've got pain in your knees, your shoulders, your hip, your back, you need to check out these new treatments. They can actually help you uh, get your body restored and repair itself. Call now, schedule your free consultation with the local medical professionals at QC Kinetics. That number is 501-222-8440. 501-222-8440. Again, 501-222-8440. So to speak. And where is it located at that they get that? So you get, it'll be the uh, link to it will be posted on our Facebook page. And the Facebook page is 101.1 FM, The Answer on Facebook. Okay, so go to that. And then you can listen yeah. to this. And, and, and everybody click like on it and follow on it so that when things come up, you'll get the notice. It'll pop up. Yeah. Yeah, so you'll know what, what else is going on. The uh, vote on Mary Bentley's bill today, that is uh, House Bill 1610, is coming up after the House convenes, which will be at 1 o'clock today. So after that, it can come up at any given time while they're in session. So keep that in mind. Uh, of course, they're going to say the national anthem, or not to say national, they're going to do the uh, pledge and all of that first and have the prayer, and then they'll do it. So you've got about 45 seconds. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that you go, that, that you can get it up there. So the bottom line is be, uh, you know, be, uh, be cognizant of it, and as soon as you can, from now until that time, be calling, and we're going to give you that number again, be calling this number and telling the person at the other end, I want you to send representative whoever this note. Vote yay or vote nay. I want you to vote nay, all right? I'm sure. just asking you to vote nay. Vote nay, HB 1610. Yeah, and and if you can't get to it before the session starts, call before the session. They'll yeah. carry it in there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, what's and, uh, the number again? Uh, you got it in. Yes, sir. I got by it. You. Stay with me. I got it. Jimmy pulling it up again up. so we can. We can All right, give it the to number you. is 501 682 6211. There you go. Pretty simple. Pretty simple. You give them a call, you tell them my state rep, and say who their name is, and I'm such and such a person. And I want them to, and then tell them you want them to vote against 1610 or you want them to vote for 1610. That's what we're suggesting to you so that your representative knows exactly how you feel about it. Yes, sir. No, no, don't give them any ambiguous language or anything like that. Just say yeah or nay. Okay. They'll get the message. 
All right, before we go to break, sometimes people get carried away. And I'm going to take it just that somebody got carried away here today. But it's going to have repercussions. Somebody took a picture of Jimmy Cavan's concealed carry license. And they posted uh, a meme, I guess. Is that what it was? What I'm getting is that the committee members got a text. Okay, so it was directly to the committee members. Yes. That was, state agencies. Yeah, that they got a text that looked like it was from me with a picture of my concealed carry permit in a threatening manner. Yeah, and look, that's not – I expect that from the other side. I do not expect that from our side, and it really irritates me when it's done by our side. I expect us to play by the rules, and a lot of people say, well, they don't play by the rules. Two wrongs, didn't your daddy ever teach you or your mama? Two wrongs do not make a right, and if you did that, what I would suggest you do is that you send a text directly to Jimmy Cavan. Yep. And you apologize for doing that, or All right. or Jimmy's going to go to the to the the Capitol Police and lodge a complaint about it. Yeah, and uh, or text me and let me know where we can meet. Yeah, you need you need <laughs> okay. to you you stepped way over yeah. a right line here. Text me and let me know where we can meet and face you, to face. By the way, if you know who did it, give them a call and tell them. Uh, Dave's calling you out. Yeah, 501-412-9520 is my number. Come see me. All right. There it is. <laughs> Don't forget Nick Horton will be on SB306. Uh, I hear it got blown up in committee yesterday. We'll talk to Nick Horton about that right after the news at the top of the hour, 10 o'clock, and that deals with uh, food stamps and how the, you know you get food stamps and things of that nature. So that will be coming up right after 10 o'clock. But here in the 9 o'clock hour, we're going to jump on real quick, Benny Johnson. Yeah. Pastor uh, Benny Johnson, the man, the myth, the legend, <laughs> he's he's with us today. Excited. Uh, Benny, how are you doing today, brother? Uh, I'm, I'm not doing good, man. I'm disturbed about this violence that's going on in our city. But, and, man, but Dave, I think you're having a whole show to talk about it support the issue well i i agree and i'm not happy with what the what the the mayor of little rock is doing uh, i want to see more out of the police department but the police department needs more people uh to do things about the the, the violence that's going on uh why don't you just share from your heart because i know that that's where it's going to come from benny about uh, what's going on and what you like to say is your city well, you know, we have to get more people involved. You know, even though uh, uh, the, the, the former police chief, Trent Buckner, uh, which we didn't we see eye to eye, but he, one thing I agree on, we can't police ourselves out of We're going to have to get our faith-based organizations involved. We're going to get our community involved. And as you know, David, a lot of times, you know, in the, in the community, people see things. They talk about if they tell, they're a snitch. And that, you know, that's very detrimental to our community. So we're going to have to take a collaborative effort, but I think we're going to have to get our faith-based organizations going, and uh, uh, we have good programs going, like, you know, uh, the OK program was started with Willie Davis, uh, the mentoring program, but we have to, he needs some help with those programs, so it's going to take a collaborative effort, uh, Brother Dave. Okay, so let's talk about that, because 
the the workings of the black church within the black community has always been superior but that has that's that's dwindled over the time uh, the last uh, uh i would say decade what has caused that uh, uh benny I, I, definitely, I definitely, I don't know. Uh, I've, I've been trying to reach out to reach out to staff now. We, we started a new coalition here called PEACE, acronym for PEACE, and we got a few ministers that, that are, uh, get involved, uh, but uh, we're going to, you know, try to get reach out to some more, but we're going to have to go out into the street. I've been saying we're going to take it from the church seat to the street, and, you know, not me. And Pastor Walter Cochran, we 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 had been doing it for my health got bad. We was going out, we was knocking on doors and asking people what we need to do to get involved, what we need, you know, for you to do, and uh, uh, it was being effective. But uh, we we need more. We need we need the pastors to definitely get involved. Okay, so yeah. Benny, Benny, do I need to call Robert Smith and get him on the air too? I I, I love Pastor Smith. Pastor <laughs> Smith, I mean, he's, he's doing good. And, he, you know, he's doing good in this community uh, over there on, on action. Yes, and uh, I love, I love Bishop Robert Smith. Good, good man. I'll give him a call. I'll get him on my show and bring him into the studio. Yeah, he's, you know, as Christian men, I can say I love you both. All right, I really, really love you both. You do great jobs in 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 your area. So, you tell me, uh, how how badly is is the violence going here in Little Rock? I mean, we hear the. We hear the the mayor say it's not that bad. Well, my eyes aren't lying to me. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you you 13 homicides until and we just now three months in. It, it's bad, and I think we're in a state of urgency. And I wrote Congressman French Hill, and I'm hoping to hear back from him soon uh, after this. Uh, after a young lady got killed the other day, I mean, man, it was, it was all of it tragic. But uh, man, we're gonna have to. We're gonna have to get and find a way. Not, and, and I'm not talking about messing with the Second Amendment right. People have the right to bear arms. Yeah. And I'm talking about getting these illegal guns off the street. Yes, sir. ATF. We're specializing in getting illegal guns off the street. And I, I looked at the, uh, the video. I don't know if you saw the video the other night where the car just pulled up and opened fire on another car. It's a, it's, it's 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 all over. The, it's all over Facebook. And man, we got to find a way to get these legal guns uh, out of the hands of people, especially the felons. Well, part and, of uh, part of that comes down to something that you talked about uh, right at the very beginning, Benny, and that is don't be a snitch. Hey, telling the truth about somebody who's doing something wrong, as far as I'm concerned, is not being a snitch. Uh, no, it, it definitely not because check this out, Dave. Now, if that was you. If that was your brother or your sister, your aunt, your auntie, your mother got killed, you want somebody to turn them in. So just, just imagine them being your own kinfolk and, and, and turn these people in. I mean, we have to. We're going to have to have to get involved. We're going to have to. No ifs and buts about it. But I'm hoping I'm hearing back from uh, Congressman Hill. Uh, he had a mercy came up. Not a problem. Last year, man, Dr. Charles Williams, who's, who's been on your show before, uh, we Char- Charles is Charles is still around. He's still here. Well, I'll get him in here too. I'll bring all three of you in. How's that? We'll have a big summit right here on the station. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. And all it, right. Yeah, I had a tragedy in my final. That's why I couldn't come this morning. My first cousin's son got killed in a car wreck. Man, I understand. Yes, sir. My condolences and, on that. 
Yes, sir. I got Johnson Jr., but uh, we should should arrive for him on Saturday. But, uh, Dave, I, I thank you for having on, man. This is, this thing is, is really uh, is out of hand, and if we don't, we, we're going to surpass uh, what we did. Like, we had eight homicides, and mm-hmm. one, is too, one is too many. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know that you put up crosses for the unborn that have been aborted. Are you going to start putting up crosses for the people who have been killed on the streets yeah, a little? They out? have, I believe. No, yeah. That's what we actually doing. Yeah. The, the okay. They've been killed or homicide right there, Mother King and Dave the base. And uh, yes, we we just need the community, you know, to be you know get involved in a collaborative effort. Uh, uh, oh man, it's it just. I'm almost speechless because my heart is hurting. I don't even have to know the victim. I mean, if a person lose that life, they have loved one. And we're going to have people killing around with remorse. Uh, I know a lot of things, you know, people might not, might not agree on a lot of things, but we need some stiffer, stiffer penalties. And I, and one thing I agree, if you kill somebody, uh, you need to do 100% of your time. Yes, sir. Yeah, well yes, done. That's, hey. a, that's a piece of legislation that's up in front of the, the Senate right now. Yep. But Jimmy yeah. Cavins here, too, uh, Benny. He wants to talk to hey, you. Hey, Reverend, I, I always, I'm so happy to get to talk to you today, and I always enjoy watching you speak at city board meetings and things. What, what I'd like to ask you about is Little Rock, even when I was a kid growing up, and in, in for years, I mean, Little Rock was, we marveled at the athleticism in the in the athletics in Little Rock. And, uh, you know, it's that's dead in Little Rock. And I think maybe that's a big part. If we can get our kids back into extracurricular programs in school, not just at church, but at school and, and start, my gosh, you remember when the games we go to Parkview at basketball, Little Rock Central football, you couldn't get in the stadium and, Every my, there would be a hundred and something kids on the sideline. How how can we get back to that? I wish I knew the answers, but you're in the trenches. How can we get back to get those kids in, in, instead of on the streets and violence back into extracurricular activities? Well, the coaches uh, coaches gonna have to walk them hallways. They're definitely gonna have to do it. I played for the late uh, C.W. Keppel. Good guy. And, uh, yeah, and he walked those hallways, man, and. Uh, that we're going to have to get back and get back into because a lot of good athletes are not playing now. You like you said, and we had to get back and uh, and uh, and recruit in those hallways. And I and I think that uh, it'll do good. Then you, you you have to you get some uh, coaches in can relate to the children too. You can have, you don't have to. And uh, I think you just hit the nail on the head. Get coaches in that can relate, relate. to the kids. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Relate. Yeah. And uh, I'll give you an example. Johnny Rice at North Little Rock, you know, always had fabulous athletes, but what always amazed me, and Coach Ripley, go back to days Coach Ripley, right, that those guys really related to the kids, and, the, and so the kids would be drawn to them. I think you're right. we got to recruit those people. Don't you think, Reverend? Oh, uh, yeah, no doubt about it. You know, your late Charles Ripley, Coach Al Flanagan, uh, uh, Coach Oliver B. Elvis. Oh man, yeah, and Eddie Boone, yeah, they, you got to hit them always, and that's yeah. what exactly what exactly what they did. All right, yes, sir. I got to get a break in, Benny Benny Johnson, my special guest, Reverend Benny Johnson, and uh, Reverend, I'm going to tell you what. Uh, as soon as I get off the air today, I'll call Robert Smith, Bishop Smith. I'll call uh, uh, Pastor Williams as well, 
and then I'll get with the three of you, and we'll set up a time that you can, all three can come in here into the studio, and we'll we'll spend two hours just talking about this. How's that sound to you? That'll work. Okay, you hold on. I'll be back with you in just a moment. I got to remind people about ICU protection, and if you're looking for a security for your home or your business, I highly recommend Billy Mac. And ICU protection, look, I use ICU protection. In fact, if I'm talking about it on the air, you know I'm using it. I, I just don't tell you to go somewhere and uh, don't know how good they are. I know how good they are, and that's why I come to you on the air and talk about them. And Billy Mack is one of the best. I mean, look, it's his business that does Nuke One. If they can do a nuclear reactor, they can do your house just like they do mine or your business. And they can put the door and window sensors up, the indoor and outdoor cameras, the doorbell cameras. They got all of that, the motion detection. You pull up in my driveway at my home, immediately my uh, my phone dings, and I see you on my driveway. I know any – and you come around my house, I'm going to see you before you ever know that I even know you're there. It's usually – because I freak people out sometimes. I'll meet them at the front door and open the door up, and they're walking up to the door, and they go, what – how did you know? And I go, I'm watching you. I'm watching you. Okay, I see you. Let you do that. They don't charge you for the hardware. I know that's hard to believe, but it's true. They will not charge you for the hardware like a lot of the other places where don't worry about writing a big check. All they're going to tell you is you got to pay for the service. You get hold of Billy Mack and talk to him about this. Protect your home. Protect your business. I see you protection. As I get off the air today. I'm going to call Robert Smith, Bishop Robert Smith, call Pastor uh, Charles Williams, and I get a hold of Benny, and we're going to get all three of them here on my show to talk about the issue of violence because you are so right about this, Benny. The answers are not going to come from the mayor's office. You're going to have to have their support. Not going to come from the police department. It's going to come from the people who live in Little Rock. It definitely, it definitely has to come. We're going to definitely get the organization involved on in some buzz about it in the community. Like I said, collaborative effort. And uh, now one thing, I, I, I'm big on Chief uh, Helton. I like Helton. And I think Helton is trying. And, uh, yeah, he's, he's a good dude. Yes, yeah, sir. He's coming from the meetings, uh, the organization, uh, this organization that we started with the preachers. And he's come to the meetings. So I, I, I like he's trying. All right, so are, are you working within the community and, and, and trying to convince them that the police aren't bad guys, that they're there to help them? Well, that's another thing. We're going to have to uh, bridge that gap between the community and the police department because right now, especially, you know, in, uh, in the black community, a lot of them say they don't trust, don't trust the police. I, I know what, what they're saying. They come in and being rough with them and being want to turn around and ask for information, it's not just not going to work that way when a homicide happens. So we would definitely have to bridge that gap. All right. And I, and I think Chief Helton is the one to, who one who's going to be able to do that. He's a, I, I know Heath, and Heath has always impressed me as a very genuine person. Is that what you get, Reverend? Oh, there He's solid. No ifs and buts about it. He's, he's a solid. He's a good Christian guy. And I, I mean, really, I'm big on him. In fact, I don't want to push for him to be hired. I definitely put out behind him. All right. So, do you think that it would it would behoove us that uh, we take in, I can't bring another microphone in, but I can bring another chair in, maybe include him in, 
in uh, that day when we sit here and talk about this? Have the police chief in with us as well? Yes, sir. I think it'd be I think it'd be positive, real positive uh, for having him on, and okay. uh, we can brainstorm. Yes, sir. Oh yeah, he, uh, he he'll be here too. Yeah, I'm he'll, he'll show up. He I know. Show up. I've talked you know. to him before. I have no doubt that. Now, the previous police chief would never have darkened my studio, to be no, honest, but no. uh, Heath will. So, and, and I think that he wants to be proactive as well. I think he's one of those guys that when you talk about relating to kids, he's one of those guys that is, I'm not saying he does, but he's, he's out there trying to, if that makes sense. Is that, is that what you get, Reverend? He's trying to get in there and meet the kids and relate to them? I think he's 100% trying, and... Uh... Yeah, him, you know, reaching out and coming out, you, on this side, and he's a family man. He has children, he has a wife, but he gives us his side, you know, to come out and uh, meet, meet with us and other people. And uh, I told him, I said, look, I know you have a family, you have other things to do, and we're not expecting you to come all the time, but we appreciate you when you show up. And uh, when he says he's going to show, he, he gives you his word, he's going to do it. That's one thing I like about it. All right. Reverend Benny Johnson, my special guest. Love him. I love the Reverend. I mean, I got known. I got to know uh, Benny years ago when we were doing drives for bicycles for him for kids in the city. And uh, I, I have a I have a lot of respect for this man. I want him to come in and talk about us. And I got huge respect for Bishop Robert Smith and for uh, Charles Williams. We'll get all three of them in here. We'll get the police chief in. All right. With that said. I got to ask you the 800 pound gorilla question now, Benny. What about the mayor? How's the mayor been doing as far as you're concerned? I think, I really, I think, I mean, I think he, he, he's trying to, uh, I'd like to see this program, this new future program, uh, to be, be reinstated. When they had the new future program, the new future pro- program went out into community. They was on the front line. They was hands on. And they were squashing a lot of, as they say on the street, a lot of beef before it happened. And I'd like to see that, that program. In fact, I spoke to the city board. I said, we we got to get this program reinstated because it was being very excessive. And the more, the better. And, and I know you had a street team, and I'm not trying to be a critical of the street team, but the more, the better. And I thought, you know, in fact, I, I went out with the New Futures program. And they, it, this program was very effective, and I don't know why some of these board members decided they wanted to defund uh, the program. That's just not right. When you say uh, public safety is your number one priority, but yet you take away a program that's being effective, that, that's being hypocritical, and I told the board that. I, I've, you know, one thing I like about you is your conviction. And I was telling Dave before when we found out you were going to be on, I said, let me tell you something, Reverend Johnson – uh, he's going to go to the city board meetings, and he's oh, going to tell them what he thinks. I know that about <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, let me tell you. It's always fun to watch, and uh, and you do. You go up there with a man of conviction and say what you feel, and and we need more of that. We need more people, regardless of the issue, to go to those meetings and, and talk to them. Yes, sir, and uh, it's not enough. It's not enough. Yeah. Enough is going down, and you're definitely right, and um, like I said, sometimes we don't hit home until some tragedy happened to uh, that individual's family, uh, the old individual's family. And then, you know, it's an uproar. But like you said, we need to be proactive instead of reactive. All right. I've got two minutes here, uh, 
uh, with you, Benny, and when we have you all on, I want to talk about what do we do to to to, to salvage the black family, uh, not only in Little Rock but just in this country. I mean, we we got, we got problems with white families, Hispanic families, and all all kinds of families. But the bottom line is, within the black family, a lot of a lot of daddies are missing out of black families, and it is really causing problems. And uh, that's where the church is going to have to step in. I don't know how you guys step in. I don't know how, how you how you make the inroads that you got to make. But that's what I, we're going to have to ask the Holy Spirit to take care of that. You know what I'm saying, brother? Well, and that's it. I'm glad you brought it up. I mean, uh, we, we do not uh, turn away from God. Um, you know, tight-knit family back when I was coming up. And we, uh, my daddy, he get up on Sunday morning, and he call all five our names. We don't get up. That that man, that, that humble young man would turn into a raging bull. <laughs> <laughs> He'd get that strap out, and he'd he go on to work. And we and see, this day and time, me and Pastor Walter just talking about this. The parents get their kids choices. Uh, you don't have to go if you don't want to. Man, I, I'm, I'm telling you something. Uh, when that old saying, uh, out of mind is devil workshop, that is true. And we have to, we have to get back, you know, to into raising our kids. I know you have some single-parent homes. We had... They had some uh, young children, but you know the church, like you said, the church is going to have to be get, get involved in those situations. And uh, uh, I know a lot of people that came from single parent homes, and uh, their mothers raised them right, and they were uh, and they and they've been successful. You know, I was born in the Granite Mile Project, and you know, you was always taught you from the project, you won't go be nothing. But that's not true. Uh, I mean, a lot of good people. That kind of doctor uh, uh, Booth uh, used to be the former principal at Parview. Uh, went on and got his doctor's degree. Uh, uh, you know, back during the, during the day and time, he would leave Grand Mountain and go get on the city bus and ride to Flatland Smith, and he ended up with his doctor's degree. So, you know, just because you, you're poor don't mean you're not going to be successful. Benny, thank you so much for being with us today. I'll be in touch with you in the very near future. We'll get everybody into the studio at one time. And we're going to hash this out on the air. That one meeting won't won't solve the problem, but we can sure get a lot of things out in the open that need to be solved. All right. All right. I appreciate y'all for having me on. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you, All Reverend right. Benny Johnson. Let's bring on uh, Nick Horton. Nick Horton joins us here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Arkansas opportunity. Opportunity. Yeah. Is it dot com? OpportunityArkansas.org. Dot org. Yeah. Okay. I knew it's. Yes, sir. We said completely forget what I said earlier. Arkansas Opportunity. Our, our, our o- opportunity R- Arkansas. O-R-G. All right. Yeah. Back. Okay. So I uh, texted you early this morning, and I said, hey, man. I said, what happened yeah. with uh, 306? And you said, yeah. oh, they gutted it. They gutted this magazine. Okay, so bring us up to date. What exactly went down? Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. I didn't want to leave you you and your listeners hanging on this. So uh, House Public Health Committee met uh, late Tuesday afternoon after House floor session. So they came back in uh, around. And, uh, yeah, there was a there was an amendment uh, that he he had agreed to to basically basically gut the bill. So effectively what's going to happen now, I think the most important things that are not going to happen is, 
the asset limit in the food stamp program is not going to go up for the vast, vast, vast majority. It's not going to change. And there will be no one new added to the food stamp program. So wow. remember we talked about this earlier in the week. You know, the problem with adding you know, raising the asset limit is you're not now you're opening it up to all these new people. That's no longer going to happen. So what's going to happen is DHS is going to ask for a waiver uh, to extend food stamp eligibility for some people if they go over the asset limit. So if there's someone who's out there that's on the program that's really working and trying to save and trying to do all this stuff that, you know, Senator Dismang said is happening, they're hitting this cliff and all of that, they could potentially get of benefits to you know help them transition out of the program. Now, I I still spoke against the bill because I think I don't think the waiver is going to get approved. If it does get approved, frankly, it's still going to expand dependency because it's going to keep people on food stamps longer. Um, DHS said it you know based on their numbers from last year, it's only a couple dozen people that that would even potentially qualify for that. Um, but it's it's ninety nine point nine percent better than the original version of the bill people um and it's not going to change the existing asset limit um and it, frankly again i don't think it's going to be approved by the federal government so essentially it's a essentially it's a nothing burger bill um i think it will just get rejected and sent back and we'll, we'll go back to the way things were um so it's going to be probably heard by the house today um and you know then then it'll have to go back to the senate to concur with the amendment and all that but uh, Bill, I will say the bill is going to pass most likely. The bill will pass, but the bill does basically. But the bill, the the, the bill that we talked about earlier in the week, is not the bill that they're voting on. That's right. It's the same bill number. So, in in a way, I think for some people, they're going to think you know, Senator Disling, I think is going to think it was a win for him. But the details of the bill, I mean, it was the bill was basically gutted, and the language was rewritten with this new version that does effectively nothing. Nick, is this a way of saving face, so to speak? <laughs> it's some face saving. I can't speak to the intent of this strategy, <laughs> but uh, there will be some people that benefit because, yeah, I mean, now Senator Dismay is going to get to say he passed his bill, um, and, you know, good for him, I guess. But on the details of the policy and what's going to happen to the food stamp program, um, you know, uh, effectively he's losing and, the people of Arkansas are winning. All right, so let me ask one last question because I promise I wouldn't keep you very long because I know you got other committee meetings that you got to go to. Here, here, here's my 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 question on on this. Was a lot of uh, the uh, reason that it went down in flames because the governor let people know that she wasn't behind it? Uh, yes, and I'm glad you asked that because I want to be sure to give her and her team. Uh, a lot of credit they worked really really hard on this and yeah i mean uh, she came out in the newspaper and said she was opposed to it i think there was a pretty clear message that, that if it got to her desk she was going to veto it and uh you know she stood the line she and then because of that you know this folded effectively and and gutted the bill and and uh again the bill will pass but it's not the same bill that it was 24 48 hours ago um, so it's a it's a big win. It's a big win for taxpayers, um, and the governor, you know, frankly deserves a lot of credit for it. And uh, the only thing I will say, in addition to that, is just, you know, for your listeners out there that have been following this issue, 
you know, this isn't over. Uh, it's over for this session, I think, I hope. But Senate, or uh, in House Committee on Tuesday was very clear, reiterated several times that, that he, can, he intends to continue uh, raising this issue. And I, I expect whether it's in a special session or a legislative session in two years, he's going to continue to try to do this. And so, you know, we need to kind of continue to put the word out there, let, it, let legislators know and the public know why our current food stamp policies are really good and strong. In fact, we're, we're going to release, we released this morning on our website actually a, about how we have the lowest food stamp enrollment in the region. Right. Uh, and the asset limit, the strong income limit that we have, in addition to the work requirements, are a really big reason for that. That's something to be proud of. I don't know when we got to this, this we got so twisted up in this conversation that somehow we're being mean and we're not letting more people on the program and that's not compassionate. It's a good thing that we have low food stamp dependency in the state of Arkansas. It's something we need to be really proud of and we need to be really protective of. Yeah, I, w- I woke up the day that I read about this bill and I said, is Bush president? Yeah, I'm just saying <laughs> that's that's kind of what I felt like uh, as far as that goes, that, that compassionate conservatism just doesn't, you know, I'm not saying we're not compassionate, but the way that that is presented, that is not the way I think. No. Well, no. conservatism is compassionate. We it don't is, need to qualify yeah. it with an extra, you know, category, an extra word to say, well, by the way, we love people. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the best way to put it. You're, yeah. you're exactly right. You know yeah. who gets and that's credit? That's why I have that. you on the air all the time. Nick gets not just the governor gets credit, but Nick gets credit. Yeah, on this yeah. bill because Nick has been all over. You've this. been you've been really working it, Nick, and I I want to tell you how appreciative I am. And yeah, you, know, you always have a microphone here on the Dave Ellswick Show, brother. Well, I appreciate that. You know, I've had a lot of people ask me. You know, you get it when you go after a Republican or Republican bill. You know, I, I've had so many people quote the Reagan rule. To you know, we got we got to be on the team, and we got to do all of this. Well, you are on the team. You're still on the team. on the team. Even though you argue against the bill, doesn't mean that you don't support the legislator. That's right. And I, I just think, at the end of the day, look, expanding welfare, and, and you know, if if you can say anything about me, Dave, the people can say a lot of things, but I've been pretty consistent about where I stand on expanding welfare yeah. for about yeah. 15 years. I agree. Uh, and, and uh, whether it's Medicaid or food stamps or cash welfare, especially for able-bodied people, uh, is is bad. It's not compassionate. It's bad for people. And so, you know, my organization and I, like, we're going to continue to we're going to continue to fight on these issues. And if for no other reason, there are people who truly need these programs. And every time we water them down or grow them a little bit here or expand a little bit there and spend a little bit more money on this. We're taking money away from people that are aged, blind, disabled, the elderly, seniors, low-income kids, pregnant women, people that have nowhere else to go, and we're, we're socking it away and giving it to these people that could and should be working. And I'm going to continue to fight for that because I've had people in my family and neighbors and friends of mine, they, ha- they have to have the Medicaid program. They have to have the food stamp program. They don't have other choices or options. And so we've got to fight to protect the system for those people. Um, and we're going to we're gonna continue to do that. All right. Well, I'm going to let you go. I can tell you're over in the Marble Palace because your phone's breaking up. But here's, 
right. So have about that. That's all right. Have a good day over there. We'll have you back on maybe next week. We can talk further in studio about this. But thank you so much for being part of the Dave Ellswick Show today. See you, Nick. Thank you, guys. Talk to you later. 16 minutes after 10, Nick Horton here on the Dave Ellswick Show, and he has done a yeoman's task. And I want to go back. Don't misuse the Reagan 80-20 rule, all right? Let's talk about that for a second. The 80-20 rule is simply this. If I can can agree with you 80% of the time, I can work with you. Doesn't mean that I am going going to agree with you on that other 20%. I probably will not, but I can still work with you. Now, if, we, if it's over an issue that is in rock, for instance, life, then you're going to find it hard to work with me on anything. Yeah. I mean, that's just the way that that is. That, that's, a, that's one of those deal breakers. But if it's just like Mary Bentley. I can still work with Mary on a lot of and a myriad of other things. And the same thing with David Ray. I, I can't work with him on FOIA because I think they're wrong on FOIA. Yeah, that's that's right, and and I'm I, I agree with eighty twenty rule, but I think it when people make that argument when you when you're saying hey this bill is wrong they go uh uh wait a minute eighty twenty rule well, that's not what it no. means it doesn't mean that I'm supposed to suddenly say oh well I'll go along with getting that passed because you know even though it's wrong no no that's not what no. the eighty twenty rule means it means that I can continue working with you yeah. that's what it means all right it means like. Tip O'Neill and uh, President Reagan would uh, meet at the Dubliner restaurant after it closed and would sit down and hammer some things out. They could work with each other. That's important. That's the way things get done. All right, uh, let's take a quick break. Then we'll come back. We're going to be – do we we have a caller? All right, Willie's got a question. Willie, what's your question here, brother? Dave, what can – cannot you buy with food stamps what can you not buy yeah uh that's uh, liquor you, is it, yeah you can't buy liquor uh you can buy ice cream you can buy just about anything to be honest you it used to be you had to you could only buy the foods that you had to prepare uh to have a good diet that's not the way it is any longer it's been expanded it's been watered down you can go and buy a pizza, Pizza Hut, Lobster. and and all the rest of the stuff. You can do that. Uh, it, it's beyond what it should be. It should be reined in, but it's not going to get reined in. What about soda pops, Dave? Yes. Yeah. Can you buy those? Yep. 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 You can buy it. I don't eat candy, but can but can you yep. buy candy? Yep. Can buy you can buy candy. And if what's, it's a, what's, what's, if, this bill, what's this bill in the legislature about food stamps? Well, we just we just dealt with it. It's that you can't be saving up a bunch of money and putting it in a bank account and then get food stamps as well. Because if you can save up a bunch of money, then you can buy your own food. You don't have to depend on us buying your food for $6,000. Yeah, six grand. All right, got to let you go. I got to get to a break. Thank you, Willie, for your call here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We got more coming your way right after this. And if you're saying, gosh, I wonder if that's about transgenderism. Yes, it is exactly about that. The Daily Signal saying, new children's book, She is She, combats attempt to deny females their 
womanhood. And you know what? You're exactly right, Ryan. You're you're right on the button if if that's what this book is all about because when I look at women's sports now and I see men showing up in women's sports, uh, that's taking away college scholarships from them. It's taking away, uh, you know, different types of uh, best of uh, things that they do. I mean, it's like this guy that's uh, identifying as a woman and then weightlifting and women can't compete with him. This is ridiculous stuff. Where did this where did we go wrong in our culture that we allowed this kind of thought process to, to get a foothold? Well, we went wrong by listening to fake feminists. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's I do good. Need to say my, my, my wife, Bethany Bomberger, is actually also on the call. She's the co-author of She is She, and I don't want to replace her or displace her. Okay. <laughs> no problem. Hey, Dave. It's great to be with you guys. Go hey, for great. It. I'm glad that you're, you're with us because you're exactly right because every time a man steps into the, the women's arena, they take something away from the women. That's not right. No, and we're seeing this happen in culture, right? We're seeing this massive erasure of women, and that's why we knew that we needed to speak into this issue. We needed to step up and help people have tools to articulate the very simple truth that she is she, and we are undeniably, beautifully, and biologically different from males, and that's to be celebrated, not erased. And I agree wholeheartedly with you. J.K. Rowley, and I think, put it... uh, the, the best and when she tweeted out today i still remember the day the tweet came and i it landed on my phone and she said being a woman is not wearing a costume and i thought man that just cuts through all of the smoke and mirrors and gets to the crux of it it does really i mean you think about hershey's new campaign her she where they featured oh a man yeah. who identifies the woman yeah. i mean would they have done that with a white person wearing blackface for black history month of course not. It goes to the whole costume <laughs> bit. They wouldn't have dared to do that. But somehow it's okay for a man to pretend, and it's a caricature of a woman. It's yeah. How women act or behave, it's really insane. But they're perfectly fine with a man co-opting womanhood. But they would not allow, and I'm half white, half black, and they would not allow a white person to do that. To yeah, I'm, I'm, you're exactly right. Celebrating Black History Month and have some... Some guy on there, half of his face white, half of his face black. I mean, think about that. The blowback would be so so bad that they never get over it. Right. It's actually frightening. And it's. It, I feel like if we had even written this book 10 years ago, it would have been laughable. Like, of course we know this. This is truth. This yeah. isn't even questionable. But here we are because we're living in a time in history where objective truth has come under fire. And so this almost seems laughable for those of us that are logical and understand and see what's actually going on. But it's really a sad case of affairs for our our current culture and their desire to really erase objective truth. You're exactly right on that as, as well. Let me just ask you to talk to my listeners and what can they do to fight back against this? I mean, here in Arkansas, we got a war going on at the at, at our legislature. We're passing bathroom bills. We're passing all kinds of bills to to protect young women and young men and young children from you know them getting the penis saws out and all the rest of it. I mean, it, this is crazy stuff that's going on right now. 
Well, we live in Loudoun County, Virginia, so we're very familiar with what's going on. I mean, this is ground zero for school boards going wild and all these insane school policies that put particularly young girls um, in dangerous situations. And we had a situation here. We had some guy who identified as transgender who ended up sexually assaulting one, one girl and then was moved to another school mm-hmm. where he did the same thing because they protected him. And so this insanity is happening all around the country. And what people can do, first of all, especially if you have someone in, in public school, is find out what are the policies that are, that are being pushed. What are the books that are in your school? I mean, you, here in Loudoun County, they're celebrating books filled with graphic pornography and promoting pedophilia. We have to understand what – I mean, these are taxpayer-funded schools. Every single tax-paying adult has the right to know what is in that school and to voice his or her opinion about what's going on. So that's first and foremost. We also need people to get involved in their churches. Churches should not be silent on this. This is a direct attack on the vulnerable, and there's no church – that actually believes in the Bible, that should be silent on this. And so church should speak up. And we can speak up in love, but we have to speak up courageously and without apology. Yeah, I'm, I'm wholeheartedly about that. Your, your wife wants to say, jump on in, go. I was just going to say also a super practical way, because you know what, I'm a mom. I was a public school teacher, I was a private school teacher, and I'm a homeschool mom for years here. And sometimes we go, okay, well, we can hear about policy and legislation, but you know what's a super simple solution is Order She is She. Order some of these books out there that are being written that are really from a conservative perspective. Donate them to your school library. Donate them to your public library. Offer to do a reading. We are, you know, we have a lot to say about the readings that we're hearing that, that's going on. Transgender folks rolling around reading these crazy stories. So let's just, let's take what we know is good and powerful literature and let's put it on the shelves so that there's a kid that's walking by, pulls it off, and is going to be impacted and influenced. And I also encourage parents to not fear having discussions with their children, of course, age appropriately, about what's going on. But children see what's going on, and they don't have the same frame of reference we do when it comes to gender. When we grew up in schools, it was it would have been silly if somebody said the girls were boys and vice versa. But the frame of reference that our children are growing up with um, is quite different. And so we need to be willing to have discussions, even the hard ones. Yeah, Jimmy Cavan is here. He's got a question for you. Yeah, ahead, Jimmy. gang, uh, here in our state, in Little Rock School District, they had a symposium for all their staff members from bus drivers up that they're indoctrinating them and that they stated that children as young as three can choose their genders. So in their early childhood programs and kindergarten programs, they are encouraging children to choose their genders and they support that. Tell me the combative science to that because they're putting it out there like it's a science thing. What's the combative science to that? Well, first of all, they're not using science at all. In fact, they're radically anti-science. They say things like, well, your sex is assigned at birth. That whole phrase is total junk science. Our, our sex is not determined at birth. It's determined at fertilization. The moment we come into existence, our DNA determines our sex, whether we are male or female. So this nonsense that three-year-olds that we don't even trust choosing what their lunch is for the day somehow are going to be able to make life-altering decisions, that's insanity. And for anyone to even suggest that a three-year-old can make such a profound sort of decision, they can't. And so we have to be able to respond to those who make these kinds of assertions with, with the scientific truth, but also 
you know, I, I am someone who, who likes a little bit of sarcasm, but <laughs> speaking <laughs> that truth in love, because there may be some individuals who are genuinely confused, but unfortunately these public schools and these trainings are adding to the confusion by promoting so much misinformation, and we have to counter that. We have to counter that with the facts. We have to counter that with love. And one of the things we have, for instance, on our website, sheisshe.com, are resources for adults and for teens. These are these are more than what the book the book is appropriate for two to eight year olds but these resources are for adults and teens to dig deeper into this gender radicalism to know how to talk about it and so that's a great way to equip them when they get in these conversations to know exactly what to say and to debunk some of this nonsense coming from gender radicalists okay so let me make sure i got that right she is she dot com exactly okay and then how do you how do you deal with it uh, when you're in a, a a high school classroom? Do these te- are these teachers that say that this is what's going on? Are they really true believers in this? They honestly believe it, or is it a power thing? You know, I think that um, it's the intent of most hearts of humanity to be compassionate. And unfortunately, they've been sold a lie that is what I call counterfeit compassion. And so they believe that they're actually doing something that's count, you know, compassionate for, for the children by affirming different anxieties, different things that have led them to come to a conclusion about their gender, when truthfully the compassionate and loving thing is actually to bring them to a place of truth. Mm. And so I think that, um, unfortunately, when we don't have the truth as our foundation, what we're standing on is rocky, and we can be swayed by so many different things, so many different agendas, different people's opinions. And I know, because I was a public school teacher for years, we're in professional development, you're with your colleagues all the time, and so if there's an agenda being pushed, sometimes, even in a situation like this, where we're talking about like I said, simple truths. She is she. You can be in those situations and evil, simple, even simple truths can seem to be so, um, can, can get watered down. And before we know it, uh, the teachers are just moving over to this popular opinion, which is not based in fact. Right. From an activist perspective, is definitely about power. I mean, all these social movements, it is always about power, and that's what we're seeing played out. It's why they want to control which pronouns we use. It's why they've created an entirely new language with made-up pronouns. It really is a lot about power as well. So it is, it's these things going on concurrently, people wanting to be compassionate, but there are also the activists who want to gain power and want to gain control over what we say and how we, how we act and <laughs> what we even believe. All right, we need to get you guys down here because in Arkansas we're fighting against the tooth and nail right now. Yeah, uh, in, in in our uh, legislative session, it's unbelievable. Just passed a bill yesterday about pronouns and that teachers do not have to call kids by their pronouns. So uh, we're we're fighting we're fighting this and fighting it hard. You all are doing a great job in writing a book about. Uh, about this she is she is the name of the book if somebody wants to get a copy of it just go on amazon or or go to kindle or whatever is that where you pick it up sure amazon or she is she.com and just so you know since we believe in gender equality he is he will be released late in the summer <laughs> all right <laughs> 
boys are demonized and marginalized all the time, and guys are awesome too. And so we want to celebrate what it means to be a boy, what it means to be a father. But this book, She Is She, really does celebrate femininity, celebrates motherhood, and celebrates the special, unique nature of women. Thank you guys for your hard work. I appreciate you joining us today on the Dave Ellswick Show. we got to get to a break. Let's do that. SheIsShe.com. Don't forget that website. Don't forget about my good buddy, Pat Davis. I'm not going to beg you uh, because begging is not, you know, pretty as far as anybody goes. But I'm going to tell you that I think that you're making a very, very valuable mistake uh, if you're not uh, getting hold of your health plan, man. And here's the reason why. Why would you ever want to pay thousands upon thousands of dollars more for something that you can get for a whole lot cheaper and get it even better. I, I, I got to get, be honest with you. I can't put my hands around that. I can't get my hands around it. Uh, if you're paying big dollars for your health insurance and you haven't called Pat to find out how you can save money, duh. You know, why? I, I don't, I don't understand it. Look, a lot of you give me excuses when I ask you, have you called him? And you say, well, you know, I got pre-existing conditions. Pat can deal with that. You need to talk to him about it. Oh, I don't have the time. It takes 10 minutes. Don't tell me you don't have 10 minutes. Uh, you know, you don't have to even talk to him if you don't want to. You can go on and text him at 501-605-6935. And he'll get back to you. And answer all the questions you text him. If you want to do it that way. If you want to talk to him, he'll talk to you. Or one of his members will. Here's the key. That day, if you end up going with your health plan man, you're going to start saving money that day. And then it rolls out over the the rest of the year. So save some money. Make this worth your while to have health insurance. One, that you don't have a long, long big deductible you got to have, and it takes you eight, ten thousand dollars before you get to use your health insurance, or you got to pay a copay to every time you go see a doctor or or uh, a specialist or whatever. He'll get rid of all of those, and he's going to cut thirty to fifty percent off of your health care right at the top. Again, call or text five zero one six zero five sixty nine thirty five. That's 501-605-6935. See how much money you can save. And, and please, Dave at SalemLR.com, you email me and tell me how much money he has saved you. You can visit him online, Your Health Plan Man. That's one word, YourHealthPlanMan.com. So don't forget that either. All right, there we go. It's just about, we're about done today. Tomorrow... Let me run over who we got tomorrow. We're going to start off at 7 o'clock, and I'm sure he'll be here in the studio. Robert Steinbach will be here. I hope Chris Corbett will be able to make it into the studio as well. Always works better when they're in the studio because when you can look at each other, you know, you don't talk over each other. So we'll get to, we'll try to get both of them in. We're going to talk about what went down yesterday uh, during the, um, uh, the, the meeting, the committee meeting, uh, dealing with... Uh, the FOIA uh, uh, arguments that went down, and uh, I've been sitting here, and, and uh, Jimmy's been telling me how how uh, Robert Steinbach just was 
Casey at the bat, but he, he didn't whiff. Yeah. That's the key. He didn't whiff. He hit knocked a grand it. slam. He hit it out of the ballpark. Yeah, hit a grand slam. Well, it was it was so. He good. thought he was Aaron Judge. I can tell you, he he got up there and he didn't come. He 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 didn't come as is a professor. He came with passion, and his argument against the law just tore what what Ray wanted to do. Just tore apart the language in it. But it's how he did it. It's the passion he showed with it. Well, he'll be on to talk yeah. about that. Chris will be here because I hear Chris did a great Chris, job yesterday. Chris too. knocked it out of the park. Everybody that was there, and, and, I, and I said it again, everybody that was there did a phenomenal job. Every citizen, everybody from the press uh, did a phenomenal job. You know, uh, Chris, his argument, he's just, I'm going to let him tell you about it. His argument was beautiful. And but when you know we were hitting base hits, hitting doubles, we had everybody's attention, and then Robert comes to the plate. It was like Joey's in the dugout as the manager; he's got everything going, and then here comes Robert at the plate. Bases are loaded, and I mean he sends it out of the stadium. Boom! Yeah, I mean hit it, it out of the park. Yeah, I mean right. it, yeah, it's in the parking lot. I now, mean, if somebody wants to watch that, how do they do it? The legislative website just go to uh arkansas state legislature.com and and you can go to that and you can pull up the videos of the of the committee meeting That's state would, agency yes and i would encourage watching all the the testimony from the citizens and watch everything build and see what each citizen said and then watch uh and then watch um, uh robert it was a thing of beauty all right yeah. so they're going to be on starting at seven uh we'll be talking about uh, foia a lot tomorrow I have asked a special guest to come join us at 8 o'clock. Jeremy Horpenthal uh, will be here from Acre at UCA. He's going to come in because next week, let me give you a warning right now, and tomorrow's Friday's show, so we wanted to get get it in. Uh, Tax and revenue next week. So uh, we want to talk about with Jeremy what he thinks he's going to see, and uh, Robert Robert and Chris will get involved in that as well. So we'll have him on for about an hour. Then another hour just specifically with Robert and with Chris and uh, whatever they want to bring up. And at 10 o'clock, Susie Parker joins us. And uh, we're going to talk to a woman who wants to be a uh, sports reporter. People keep saying, you're a woman. You can't be a sports reporter. And she says, watch me. So uh, we're going to talk to Susie about that tomorrow. She's one of my favorite people. So keep keeping in mind that she's going to be on at 10 o'clock tomorrow here on the Dave Ellswick Show. And don't forget, Jimmy Cavan comes in of his own volition. It's on his own time. It's on his dime to be a part of this show, and he does a fantastic job. And I want to thank you again for coming uh, I love coming on. I, I really enjoyed it. It's fun. All right. It's fun. Well, we like having you on, and uh, we're working. I'll let you know. We're going to call the chief of police right after we get off the air. And uh, Robert uh, Smith has agreed to come on along with uh, Benny Johnson and the chief, and we're going to talk about black crime in Little Rock. That's coming up hopefully next Thursday. I'll let you know for sure tomorrow. All right, we'll tell you about it. But with that all said, I'm out of time. Cubs are up here in a couple hours. I want to watch a little Cubby baseball before I go hope get the stitches out of my foot. And I'll just tell you, have a great night. I'll see you in the morning at 7 o'clock.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.